Welcome to the best show in the world. It's called Damn Mom Really, also known as the show that nobody wants to be on and everybody wants to listen to. My name is Danae Reed and I'm going to be the host of this show for the next hour. So sit back and relax and listen to us laugh, cry, yell, curse, do whatever we got to do to get through the grief of losing our mamas. This beat that you're listening to was made by Scott Reed Jr. What's up, everybody? As you guys know by now, my name is Danae, and I'm here with the best podcast in the world. It's called Damn Mom Really, which is a podcast that absolutely no one wants to be on and everybody wants to listen to. As always, I have found an amazing person to come and talk about their experience of loss as it pertains to a mother, and I'm super excited to say, to, I can't get my words together today, to share this space with Kyle. So, Kyle, first things first, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm really just hanging in there, honestly. You're alive. Yeah, I'm alive. How are you doing? That's what I like to say, too. I'm alive. Okay, cool. So tell the folks a little bit about you. Um, Yeah, my name is Kyle. I was born and raised right outside of Philly, currently living in Chicago now. I work for a nonprofit doing mental health education and practice suicide prevention um, and also working with, like, LGBTQ+. Nice, nice. So, of course, we are here today to talk about our mothers. How old were you when you lost your mom? I was 19. Wow. So how long has it been? I don't want to guess your age. Uh, four years. And what has the last four years been like for you? It's been really up and down. Obviously, like, navigating my early adulthood without my mom, figuring out how to grieve, allowing myself to grieve. It's been, like, really hard. But also, like, in my early adulthood has been really fun, too. And, like, trying to allow myself to enjoy that while also allowing myself to, like, be sad about the things that are sad, too. So... How do you process and handle emotions? Are you very outward with your feelings? Are you more introverted, introspective? It really does depend on the day or like the time of the year. I'm a crier. I'm a huge crier. Like if I'm feeling something, I will 100% be crying about it. But sometimes I will let all of those feelings build up for days or weeks before I actually like will cry about what it is that I'm feeling. I forced myself to go to therapy because if I didn't, who knows where I would be like mentally. Kind of dealing with all of it just kind of helped me a lot with like processing all of like my feelings and my emotions. Do you feel like the weight of your emotional compass is what led you to do the work that you do? I think so. I think at first I was trying to force myself to do things like I was like I want to do I want to be a nurse because my mom was a nurse and I was like or I was a pre-med major for a while because uh-huh. my mom was a nurse um, and I hated it but yeah. I felt like I wanted to be doing it because I wanted to do something that my mom was doing and I ended up dropping out of school because it like didn't feel right for me like it's not what I wanted to do um, yeah. but my mom was always the kind of person that was like you just need to be doing something like do something that makes you happy my mom loved nursing no matter how much she complained about it no matter how hard her day was like she loved it so i think a big part of in me choosing the career path that i'm on was finding something that i genuinely love doing and like making sure that i'm doing something even though i dropped out of school it was like my mom would be upset with me if i dropped out and didn't choose something else to do yeah so it was making sure that like i found something that i'm passionate about and something that could you know sustain me (laughs) (laughs) financially but yeah something that i'm passionate about and yeah something that could get me out of the bed every day and i mean the underlying base is still like clinical you know like it's still kind of in that same sort of world so you didn't divert too far from the path when you made the decision to be a nurse I guess in respect to your mother did you ever think about if it was something that you genuinely wanted or was your focus on 
and just kind of aligning with who she is and was. I think it was something that I thought I genuinely wanted in high school. I was super into science. Like those are always the classes that I was excelling in. So I was like, it makes sense. I'm good at science. I'm going to do pre-med. Like yeah. it goes hand in hand. And I was also like, I mean, I'm going to do pre-med. My mom's a nurse. This is great. And I remember like when I was very little and my mom was going through nursing school, like I would help her with her classes when yeah. she was studying. Um, and I was like, so I already have like my foot in the door. Like my mom can kind of help me when I'm like a little further on in my harder classes. Like my mom can kind of help me along. But it is really what I thought that I wanted. But it also did definitely kind of align with like a, my mom's doing this thing. It makes sense that I want to do this thing too. Like even the school that I ended up going to is the school that my mom went to. Um, so I had like some of those similarities with like, I can do these things that my mom did and he can help me and like, he can, you know, have that connection there. But it wasn't just because my mom was a nurse or just because my mom went to that school. It was like, I want to be doing these things. I want to go to this place. But like, I know that I have that connection with my mom too. I actually, I didn't do what my mom did, but I also similarly, like I went to the college that she went to and I pledged the sorority that she joined because to me, she was like this beacon of everything it meant to be what I wanted to be. And it felt really special to share those moments with her. So I definitely reflect those sentiments of finding your own path, but kind of having this idea, like if I follow in my mom's footsteps, at least a skosh, I feel like I might have an easier time and then within that, I also am like aligning with her in this way that feels really natural and good to me. I mean, it sounds like you guys had a really special relationship. No, we, we definitely did. My mom was my best friend. Like I, when I first got to school, for like the first like two months, I was coming home like every other weekend, if not every weekend. And my mom was like, you <laughs> have to stay there and make some friends. And I was like, but I want to hang out. Like, what if we <laughs> just hung out? And even then, like, I would call her and I'd be like, I got chicken fingers for lunch. And she was like, okay, you also told me what you had for breakfast. I was like, okay, like, don't you want to just chat? Like, yeah, I was calling my mom all day, every day. It wasn't just in college, like, even, like, throughout, like, middle school and high school. Like, I called my mom for every little thing. Even if it was just like, mom, like, I did a test today in school. She'd be like, why are you telling me that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, and the reason I'm laughing and smiling as hard as I obviously you can see it and the folks listening cannot. So I was definitely the same way with my mom. It was like I would call her and be like, should I get a cookie from the store? Or should I get a cookie or like a brownie or like maybe a piece of cake. I would just like literally ask her for her opinion on literally everything that I was doing so much so that I feel like I had a hard time after her transition and even still I had a hard time kind of making decisions on my own or like even going through my day because you know she's such an integral part of my day and my mom and I were also and I sorry not were are also best friends and so I reflect that sentiment really heavily. Grief in general is really hard. But when you love somebody that is your mother and also your best friend so much, it creates this whole different thing that people who might not have experienced that might not understand. Can you just speak to what it felt like to lose your best friend on top of losing your mother? It didn't feel real. I mean, like, even now, I still have moments where I'm like, oh, let me call my mom and tell her this thing. Because, like, it doesn't always feel like it happened. Um, I think right after her passing, I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I do not know how to, like, exist in this world without my mom. Um, it, yeah, like, it, it was just like, <laughs> like, how do I do this now? I 
didn't and still don't have like the best relationship with my dad like he it's not a bad relationship he just kind of exists so my mom was really like the person that I like I went to for everything and not having that person anymore was just like how do I do this now especially like being in my first year of college um not knowing how to like I've never filed my taxes on my by myself I've never what if I want to buy a car one day? What if I want to look for an apartment one day? Like, how do I do these things without my mom? Like, it, it just, like, completely shattered my world. And do you feel like now it's been four years, do you feel like you're kind of starting to pick up the pieces, or do you still feel like this disillusioned? I've definitely figured out how to navigate life without her. I mean, it still sucks. I don't think that there's ever going to be a day where, like, it doesn't hurt any less. I've definitely figured out how to... Being an adult without my mom, I just, it's like one of those things where it's like, I just wish I didn't have to. Yeah. Um, I've definitely like found my support system and people that I can go to to ask the things that I need to without her. But yeah, kind of like I said, like there are still days where I'm like, I forget that my mom passed because she really was my best friend and I like do something fun or like I do something cool. I'm really proud of myself for something. I'm like, oh, let me call my mom and tell her this thing or show her this thing. Like I, I just forget sometimes. Yeah, I think that it's important to note that because I feel like people who don't understand grief in this way don't get that unless they like experience it through a loved one that has lost someone. Because I know for me, there's times where I'm just completely even kill. And like the fact that I lost my mom is just it's like a fact, but it's not like an umbrella in that moment. And then randomly, like yesterday, I had a, a really hard day. And I was just walking down the street and I just like started crying because I'm like, yo, like my mom really is not here. Like, that's wild. You know, my mom passed. Yeah, my mom passed a little over a year ago, a year and three months. So I can't do math. It's been like (laughs) it's been like 14 months. And I definitely have moments like that sometimes, too, that are completely jarring because it does feel unreal. It, it really does suck, and I've definitely had those same thoughts of, like, damn, how am I be, I want to be a mom someday. Like, how am I going to learn how to be a mom? And I had to start paying my phone bill, and I started paying for my own taxes, and, like, I just doing all these things that I guess I was prepared for because I had to do it, but, like, also wasn't prepared for in the sense that it wasn't something that I was used to, and it has been quite the adjustment. So... When you lost your mom, obviously, like, you're in this space in your life where you're really in a transition. You you just went away to college. You're making new friends. You're meeting all these new people. And also, you know, making sure that you hang out with your mom because I was also the person who was like, I want to go home and hang out with my mom. I don't care about making new friends with my mom. So, you know, you're in this space. Your mom passes. And then you make the decision to leave college, knowing that that's something that your mom wouldn't necessarily have been so happy about. Was that a hard decision for you or in that moment where you kind of just like, I have to do what works for me? It was extremely difficult, but also like I needed to do it. My mom passed in the middle of my first year of college and I went right back to school maybe like two weeks after she passed. And I mean, I wasn't going to class. I was only hanging out with my friends because they were forcing me out of the bed. Mm. So I basically like I failed all of my classes. 
um, I had to like medically withdraw from like that semester so that it wouldn't affect my GPA. But yeah, I wasn't doing anything. Like I had to take that time away and I needed to take that space to like grieve and figure out me as a student and whether or not I still wanted to be in school. But it was really difficult because like every conversation I had with my grandma or with my mom's partner, like I was like, I feel like my mom's going to be disappointed in me. Like she would want me to be in school. My mom's partner was like, your mom just wants you to be doing something. Like don't forget that. Like she would just want you to be doing something. I ended up enrolling in the ENT program just because like at that point I still thought I was going to continue like the pre-med track mm-hmm. and I was like okay like I'll just do ENT school like it's at home it's still doing something but it's not like full-on college like it's just one class a couple days yeah. a week. Yeah it was really difficult for me to like choose not to go back to school but then once that ENT program ended COVID started and I was like I'm not gonna pay to go back to school now when $30,000 a year to yeah for me to be at home and then a few months after that I was like I don't even want to do pre-med I hated the EMT program I didn't want to be an EMT and like that was kind of the moment when I realized that like what I thought I wanted to do I didn't want to be doing anyway and I think that that was much harder for me to realize or for me to decide than just not going back to school altogether because if I wasn't going back to college and like what was I going to do And I was, again, like, so afraid to disappoint my mom, so afraid for her to, like, think of me as, like, like, you're not doing anything, you're a disappointment, like, you're wasting all this time, you're wasting all this money. Even though I know she wouldn't think that, it just was so ingrained in me. Yeah, so it was kind of like you were projecting the things that you felt onto your mom. Who wouldn't have felt that way anyway? Like, as long as I was doing something, she would have been like, that's fine. And so it's so interesting, this idea of fearing disappointment from people who have passed on, because I think that a lot of people feel that way. You know, they're like, I don't want this person to be disappointed or I want them to do this and this. And I have a lot of thoughts about, obviously, I care what my mom thinks about me doing, I guess. But I've heard a lot of the, well, like, you should be happy because, like, your mom will want you to be happy or you should be doing this because your mom would want you to be doing that. And a lot of that came from outside of me. It wasn't me who was saying it. It was other people feeding these things to me. And finally, one day I was like, I'm sorry, but I really can't care what my mom wants. And it reminds me of what you said earlier about leaving school and feeling like maybe she would be disappointed by that decision. But, you know, before doing the internal thinking, coming to the conclusion that, you know, you just needed to dip for your mental health. But it's like this idea of because they're passed on, we care times 10 about what they think about what we're doing. And I feel like sometimes that can be a bit of a debilitating thought because it's like, yeah, like I care, but like also like why, you know, like what's going to happen to me if I do something on earth that my mom who is transition does not like we get so wrapped up in this idea and I'm going like in on this because it's actually just happened to me recently and I kind of try to curb it because I know my mouth can get crazy so I'm like I'm gonna just like chin this but there is this idea of like oh my mom is not here so I am not going to give her any pushback like if somebody's like oh your mom would want you to do this I went to a medium and they were like oh your mom thinks X, Y, Z. And I I obsessed over it because again, there's this idea of when somebody passes on, it's like, oh yeah, I need to listen to exactly what they're saying. And I need to do exactly what they're saying as as some sort of like respect for them. But I think more than anything, like you said, it's more about your mom just wants you to exist and be. And I don't think that this idea of like, oh, you can't be sad or you shouldn't be sad because like your mom would want you to be sad. I don't think that's helpful, you know, and whether we're doing that to ourselves or whether we're allowing other people to do it to us. I just don't think it's 
helpful. Yeah, I think part it's this is a conversation that I have with my therapist as well. My therapist asked me like, would you care what your mom thought if she was still here? Like, would you be so wrapped up in choosing your career path or choosing whether or not you went to school if your mom was still here? You don't actually care. You're only so wrapped up in these thoughts because your mom's not actually here to like tell you what she thinks of what you're doing. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, maybe. Okay. Well, shout out to the therapist because yeah, that's real. Yeah. Again, you know, it's not like you wouldn't have had respect for or reverence for her opinion, but it's not something that could completely override yours because at the end of the day, you still have autonomy and your mom loves you. So she understands that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, shout out to your therapist. That's what's up. That's my sis. Or bro, or they. It's like a player for something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So going back to those moments of how you felt around the time of losing your mom, or really when you were just kind of in the beginning of the thick of it, what does it feel like to be taken back to those moments? Do you feel like you're able to kind of disconnect from the heaviness of it? Or do you feel like it's still as real as it was at the time? Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel as heavy as it did. Um, like, I can definitely, like, go back and, like, think about, like, how I was feeling. I was recently just, like, thinking about, like, how I found out that my mom passed and kind of, like, all of, like, the things that took place around the 24 to 48 hours around, like, my mom passing and everything. And just, like, realizing, like, how angry I was and, like, how confused I was and, like, things that happened or things that I said or things that people said to me that, like, just didn't make sense or that I didn't understand at the time. But because I was yeah. so sad or so scared, I couldn't process any of those things. Like, I was just feeling too much. So I yeah. try or have been trying to, like, think back to those few weeks, especially those few weeks that I was back home right after my mom passed, where, like, I wasn't doing anything but, like, trying to just, like, keep it together a little bit, um, but not really feeling anything but, like, sadness. I'm now trying to, like, process all of those feelings and, like, all of those events. Because a lot happened that I just didn't even realize. Yeah. That to like kind of like dive into a little bit and like talk about more and like ask questions about thank you so much for sharing that I feel like for me those like moments surrounding losing my mom and of course like everybody has their own individual trauma about finding out that their mom passed or you know whatever the case may be but I feel like for me those like first couple days like I feel very it feels kind of like a movie. Like, it's, like, something that didn't happen to me. And it's, like, a movie that I saw a long time ago that I don't really remember. And I know it happened and I know what happened. But it does feel like a very distant sort of, like, oh, yeah, I saw this movie once. And it was crazy. And, like, I can't tell you what happened. You know, I can tell you my thoughts about after the movie. I can tell you about the way that the movie made me feel. But I can't really tell you about the movie itself, if that makes any sense. And yeah. I still definitely, like, reflect that same sentiment I feel like maybe I even feel like that still at present it does feel very unreal and it's such like an I don't know it's hard it's really hard to explain a grief that's so heavy because or just feelings that are so heavy because they feel so otherworldly it's like the words to explain it aren't human and like the feelings are so deep and visceral that I can't convey them and so I guess like I've also just been trying to find the word like and so every time somebody comes on this podcast or I'm talking to somebody about loss I'm like can you explain to me what I'm going through because I don't know I really don't know and 
just recently, the star from Euphoria died, uh, Angus Cloud, saying prayers for his family and also for his spirit. But I read that his passing is likely in direct correlation to him losing his father and just the heaviness of it. And again, I really enjoy these spaces of talking about grief, whether it's my podcast or just in person to person, because people don't get like that's really how deep it gets. When somebody is so much of your everything, for a lot of different reasons, it feels like, oh, I don't want to be here. Like, I am really trying my best to be here for whatever reason, whether it's a person anchoring you or people or this idea of purpose that's anchoring you. There's so many different things, but I struggle with that. And so to see somebody else dealing with that is really hard for me to witness. And I know you do work in the mental health space. So can you just talk a little bit about how grief affects just people on that level and also maybe just you as well? I know we talked about some of the physical things that you dealt with, but on a mental level, how did you respond? And then also, how do people typically respond? I mean, for me, I responded by like, I was smoking so much. Like I was like, I do not want to feel anything that I'm feeling. And I was smoking so heavy for months and like it got to the point where like my body was like I cannot handle this anymore and like it just like kind of like stopped being able to like handle weed and like I started just like having bad highs out of nowhere and I had to like stop so I haven't Mm -hmm. smoked in four years now but yeah like even my friends are like do you are you sure you want to smoke again like I was like yeah like (laughs) that's what I want um but like I think yeah, like, they could tell that, like, I was very much so trying not to, like, feel what I was feeling. Um, but that's a pretty common in, like, the work that I do, too. Like, we do, like, general resources. Uh-huh. We teach people how to, like, access, like, hotlines and other, like, resources in their area. But a lot of the time, we also just, like, create a space for people to, like, really table at, like, music festivals and things like that. Uh-huh. And people know that, like, we're the mental health table, so, like, people will come up to us and, like, they'll just tell us their story. And every now and then, I get a story that, like, really hits me in my heart. And it kind of puts me back a little bit into, like, where I was when my mom first passed. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me wish that, like, the work that we were doing was more. Not that, like, we need to be doing more. um, But because we only do general resources, like, we don't really dive deep into, like, grief or anything like that but yeah I mean addiction is something that like we talk about and we don't stigmatize or anything like that because at the end of the day like people are looking to either feel nothing or feel something and that's why they turn to drugs or alcohol a lot of the time that's why I did it I was looking to feel nothing and yeah it's very common um in the work that I do this idea of wanting to feel nothing did weed help that at that time it it did something I don't know if it necessarily, like, helped. I think that it helped me get my mind off of my mom for a little bit. And then the moment I remember that my mom passed, I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to smoke again. So I don't know if it necessarily, like, helped me really feel nothing, but I think that's what I was trying to do. And so it sounds like you've had a lot of just big moments of having to make big decisions as a result of your mental health and how things were affecting you in the past which I can imagine is extremely difficult, having been through some of those experiences myself. Do you feel like the moment that you decided to stop smoking because it wasn't good for your body, do you feel like that was a hard pill for you to swallow? No pun intended. Do you feel like it was difficult for you to stop? Because in that moment, you have to kind of be like, yeah, 
this thing that I've been trying to avoid by this vice is no longer sustainable for me. This vice is no longer sustainable for me. And now I have to deal with what I've been dealing with. Like, what was that? What was that realization like for you? I was just annoyed about it, honestly. Like, it wasn't too big of a decision just because the way that I had started feeling when I was smoking was outweighing the way that I was feeling about my grief. Um, And I was like, okay, like, it's really time to stop. And I think part of it was that around the time that I had stopped, like, the school year had ended, I had, like, a free therapist from school. So maybe, like, a month and a half, two months later, like, was around the time that I had to stop smoking. And at that point, like, I was looking for it or had just found a new therapist. So it was just kind of like, I will be okay. I will figure this out. My friends love me. They will take care of me. But, like, I can't keep feeling like my heart's going to, like, fall out of my chest every time that I smoke. Or, like, I'm going to pack out or something every time that I smoke. Like, that's not even an option. I think that I really wasn't even feeling about, like, my grief or, like, everything else that I was feeling. It was just, like, I can't keep smoking and feeling this way. And... Like, I was just like, I'll stop smoking, I'll figure everything else out later. And it seems like you're in the process of that, which kudos to you. In the precipice of you making this decision, or the precipice of you even just stopping smoking, and then kind of having to be on the other side of that, was that hard? You know, like, because you did have this band-aid for months at a time. Did you feel like those things that you were trying to avoid kind of came rushing in or do you feel like over time it was kind of just like handling it piece by piece by piece by piece as if you didn't miss a step it was definitely it differed day to day like there were some days where I was just like I'm fine like I'm cool there are some days where I was like damn I really want to smoke today but like I knew that I couldn't I remember like being on like google like ways to smoke without having a bad eye Mm. Um, without like it wasn't working for me Um, I ended up like not being able to find anything but I was definitely like trying to find ways to like work around it but eventually I was just kind of like it's not even worth it like if I have to do all this to like enjoy smoking it's not worth it yeah Um, but there are definitely days where like I was having panic attacks and I could not calm myself out of them for 15-20 minutes Um, and that wasn't something that like I had been experiencing before before I had stopped smoking But then the next day, it would be like, I'm sad, I'm grieving, I might be crying, but like, I'm okay, like, I can do this, I might have two, three days like that. Hmm. So it really just depended on the day. And it sounds like, again, you have a great support system and great friends. What did it mean for you to have your friends see you in that state? I think part of it, like, the main person who really, like, held me accountable was my friend Destiny. She would be like, bro, like, you have to get it together, like, you have to stop smoking. She was like you need to deal with your shit basically like like I know you're sad about your mom I know that it sucks but like you have to get it together and I think that like had it not been for her I don't think that I like genuinely like would have done the work to like get myself together um and I, I don't think I've ever told her that either but like she was constantly in my ear like get it together work on yourself schedule your therapy appointment go eat go get in the shower. We're going to hang out today. We went to school together. It's just she was also the one being like, I'm coming to your room. Take a shower. We're going to go get lunch. Like she was really the one that was like making sure that I was good all the time. Well, shout out to your friend. I hope that they listen to yeah. <laughs> and know how important and love they are. Support is definitely so important in the midst of all this. And again, like you have placed yourself in a position to do that for other people. 
while also doing it for yourself and having other people sort of in your corner to do that as well, which is awesome. Can we talk a little bit about the importance of having support in the midst of such a great loss? Support was honestly everything. I mean, between my siblings and my friends, like, I don't think that I would, kind of like I was saying with the last question, like, I don't, I would not have made it without the people around me. Like, there were days where I was not getting out of bed, I wasn't eating, I didn't want to shower. And if it wasn't for the people around me who loved me, like, I wouldn't have done any of those things. And it has always been super difficult for me to ask for help even now when my biggest feelings aren't necessarily about my grief it's still really difficult for me to ask for help when I'm having a hard day but having the people who know me who can look at me and be like you're not okay today you're not gonna say but like you're not okay today like let's figure out what we can do to like get you back to you know your normal self having those people around me was super important I mean having conversations with my siblings about my mom things that we missed about her something that we still do now but was really helpful like the first like few months right after my mom passed because I didn't know what to do with my feelings about my mom and it was like I miss her I'm thinking about her like I don't know what to do um and it was a lot of just like calling my siblings and like talking about my mom with her with them having them like I said like I would not be able to would not have been able to do anything without my support system and now at present do you feel like you know where to place those feelings that you have for your mom or about your mom yeah way better I think On a regular day, even if it's a harder day, I can be like, I'm sad about this thing. I can cry about this thing in past. And like, if I see something that reminds me of her, I might get a little sad, but I'm like, that reminded me of my mom or my mom had a butterfly tattoo so I've gotten multiple butterfly tattoos for her but whenever I see a butterfly I'll just like randomly say that's my mom I'll be with someone who has no idea that my mom passed and they'll be like what are you talking about and like I won't tell them what I'm talking about most of the time but like I just say that's my mom and I like do things like that to like kind of help me around like the harder days like her birthday mother's day like the um anniversary for passing it can be a little harder but that's when I really try to like lean on the people who love me like especially my partner she is usually like you're sad and that's okay like don't let this debilitate you be sad like let's talk about your mom what did your mom like to do what music did she like like things like that it's definitely gotten easier as time has passed oh my god i have not met any of these people but i love all of them for you like that is so amazing (laughs) that people have given you yeah the space because through this work i've realized just how rare that is sometimes like people really don't have support systems and i think it's awesome that between your friends and your family and you know your partner you've just been able to kind of maneuver and have the space and the ability to speak openly about your grief or have people just see you like I think that's what it is a lot of time it's just somebody everybody wants to be seen you know by somebody everybody wants to feel like they're heard I think that's really great that you've been able to benefit from some really dope people so shout out to them we giving all the shout outs to your people today (laughs) (laughs) they deserve it I probably don't tell them enough yeah so I and I also have a butterfly tattoo my mom's spirit animal is like a butterfly so whenever I see a butterfly I'm like oh yeah that's my mom too oh I, I say the same thing and it does help me I think it's important to look for them and things because I believe that when you look for something it shows up it appears and so if you're always constantly looking for your mom and different things and that's helpful for some and it's not helpful for others but I think that if you like want to find them you will a hundred percent of the time one thing you said that I wanted to touch on before we get up out of here is that sometimes you'll be with people who don't necessarily know that your mom has passed 
Is that something that you typically don't talk about with just people outside of your circle? I tend to talk about it. I love to talk about my mom. Occasionally, it'll be something that hasn't come up yet. I'm big on, like, dead mom jokes. Mm -hmm. So usually talking about my mom for the first time with someone or like someone finding out that my mom has passed for the first time is usually through a dead mom joke. So if it's like a newer person, usually I just haven't had the opportunity to tell a good joke yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's usually all it is. But I do love to talk about my mom. Sometimes I don't tell people, even if I am talking about my mom, like I don't always say, yeah, she's dead just because, but not because I don't want to or like I don't feel comfortable with it. Sometimes I just, I just don't. That's valid. It's just like, I always laugh at these jokes. It's like those jokes that are like a a blank person, blank person, blank person shows up in the bar and who's the first person to tell you their identity. And I always laugh because I'm like, that's definitely me. Like I am the first person to be like, yep, my mom passed away. I'm like, I tell everybody, like every single person. So it was just interesting. That yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I'm like, I also like to talk about my mom. I would love to hear one of your dead mom jokes. Like, can you come up with one off the top? They just like, they honestly just come up. But like, sometimes people will be like, oh God, what's something that I've said that people really didn't like? <laughs> didn't like is sending me. <laughs> like someone was like said something about like, like them not having a dad and i was like yeah i don't have a mom and they did not like that <laughs> no the reason it's funny is because i've definitely been there before and it's like it's not a ha-ha funny it's like oh this is really dark i've definitely been there before yeah and sometimes it's funny to make people uncomfortable because it's just like thought you bested me how about this so <laughs> people I, are like I, I don't know if i should laugh and I'm like, no, like, it's funny. Like, yeah, I'm it's, it's funny. hilarious, first of all. Period. Yeah. Hilarious. Like, you should laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I'm not laughing, that's one thing. But if I am if I initiate yeah. it and I'm doing a little kiki, like, come on, please don't let me be here by myself. Because now I look like a psycho, and I probably am. But, like, it makes me feel a little <laughs> bit less that way. Right? Yeah, wow. exactly. Um, <laughs> Oh, Kyle. So if you could explain your mom or describe your mom in one word, what would you say or in one sentence? I feel like if I said one word, it would be loved. Mm. And I feel like, I mean, like I knew so many people loved my mom, but like at her funeral, there were so many people. I've never met these people. I've never seen these people a day in my life. They were coming up to me being like, I knew your mom from this thing. I knew your mom from this thing. If you ever need anything, call me. Here's your, here's my number. It's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. And I mean, even still now, like people will text me like that unsaved number. I don't know who this person is. Like I'm Dion's friend. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing okay. It's like my mom was so loved by so many people. Oh, and her name is Dion. Dion, yeah. Okay. Shout out to Miss Dion. I definitely, my mom, it was the same <laughs> way with my mom, too. And it still is. It's like the funeral. It's like, whoa, I didn't even know she, like, impacted so many people and touched so many yeah. people. But to me, you know, the fruit that falls from that tree, I think, is really special. And it says a lot about yeah. your mom just talking to you. I think that you're amazing and wonderful. And if your mom gave you life, then she's definitely you know just that much so kyle this has been so amazing thank you so much for sharing so many just wonderful anecdotes you. about your mom yeah and and your story before i let you go is there anything else that you wanted to say that i might not have touched on i don't think so all right is there anything that you want to say before we go just thank you for having me i love to hear you
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, again, your candor and just being so lovely and open about your experiences and the ease in which one might fall into addiction in the midst of loss. I think that's a really important conversation that is not being had because it's easy to villainize people who are suffering from alcoholism or certain types of addictions, not saying that you were addicted, but it's really easy to fall into those behaviors because you don't want to feel or you do, you know, and um, it's easy to villainize people without understanding that they are not their addictions. It's like something happened to them that made them how and who they are. So thank you so much for that. But I'm gonna let you get on out of here. Y'all, I want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of Damn Mom, Really? The podcast that nobody wants to be on and everybody wants to listen to. I will see you guys in 10 days. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five, four, three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel the sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, Inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them. Just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good. You're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. 
Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow, or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which way is the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.